welcome back to the Fact Checker Podcast, where we check political statements made in Iowa and about Iowa politicians. I'm Michaela Ram. I'm the healthcare reporter for the Gazette. I will be playing the role of the host for this podcast, and I will let the other fact checkers introduce themselves. I'm Brian Morelli, and I'm the City Hall reporter for the Cedar Rapids Gazette. And I'm Molly Duffy. I cover education for the Gazette. All right, thanks guys. Um, Erin Jordan, our other fact checker, unfortunately will not be able to join us. She is at home, hopefully recovering from an accident. We're, we're sending her good vibes and hope that she can join us back soon, but we miss her and the fact checker doesn't feel the same without Erin Jordan. So Come back, Erin. Yeah, you're a fearless leader. <laughs> we're so lost. I don't know. I don't know what we're doing. <laughs> She's our voice of reason. She really yes. is. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, today we have a monster fact check that Brian and I both worked on. To give you guys background, the Iowa Democratic Party launched a new attack ad against Senator Tony Ernst, who is seeking re-election this year. And in reference to one of her famous ads back when she was initially campaigning, uh, Make Washington Squeal, this ad is called Making Iowans Squeal. So we have four specific claims within this check that we will take a look at, but I'll hand it over to Brian, who had the first two checks that we checked within this ad. So calling it the first check is a little a little misleading because there's like a lot of sub-checks, things to check within it. So the, the statement was, Ernst voted for a tax bill that benefited wealthy corporations and added trillions to the debt. So I broke that up into four parts. And I guess after, so after that statement appeared in the ad, um, there was some news footage of John Deere uh, and, uh, and layoffs occurring at John Deere. So that was kind of, I, I sort of looped that in and kind of figured out how that was connected as well. So the four things to check were how Ernst voted on the 2017 tax reform bill that was Trump's signature uh, you know, tax reform plan. Then did corporations benefit? And then did the bill add trillions to the debt was a third piece. And finally, kind of digging into the John Deere connection to those statements. So the first piece was pretty straightforward. Ernst was one of 51 senators voting in favor of the 2017 Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. It was a partisan vote. All all but one Republicans uh, voted in favor, and then all Democrats opposed, and so it passed, just needed a simple majority. So then on to the piece about the corporations and whether wealth, wealthy corporations benefited. One of the key aspects of the legislation was reducing the cap on the federal corporate tax rate from 35% to 21%. And then, according to, to Market Watch, it greatly expanded first-year depreciation write-offs for business equipment additions. So another piece of this is after this law went into place, so the idea was to give them these cuts, and then the, the businesses would reinvest back in their countries, bring holding to American soil, because a lot of holdings were being kept overseas. But what was happening is a lot, a lot of these large companies were using their new revenue to reward their corporate share, shareholders instead of reinvesting in, in themselves or their employees or adding jobs. So according to the Associated Press and the Harvard Business Review, S&P 500 data, the S&P 500 index had tallied a combined $806 billion in corporate stock buybacks in 2018 
which was up from a previous record of 590 million in 2007. Um, in 2019, they were on pace to be the second all-time highest uh, buyback figure. Um, so that part seemed to check out as well. Uh, on the federal debt claim, um, you know, the law was supposed to, uh, Steve Mnuchin, he's a treasury secretary, uh, in kind of promoting the plan at the time had said that not only will the plan uh, pay for itself, but it would also pay down debt. So uh, that does not appear to be happening. The, the federal treasury data um, shows that the debt has grown from 20 trillion uh, when the law was first passed up to 24 trillion uh, as of this month. Um, and then the Congressional Budget Office is projecting the annual deficit uh, is on pace to top $1 trillion uh, annually beginning in 2022. Right now it's like $950 billion or, or something like that. Um, so when we say annual deficit, is that just like what we're going to add to the deficit this year is the $1 trillion? So the deficit is, yeah, the, the deficit is the difference between like revenue and expenses. So when expenses top revenue, that's the deficit. And then the debt is the overall, like how much money this country owes. So the overall, the overall uh, debt is, you know, 24 trillion. The annual deficit is about 1 trillion. Oh, gotcha. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. Um, and then the last piece of my check was looking at the John Deere example and how that all fit in. Uh, in the ad, it, it kind of talked about that Joni Ernst's uh, actions were leaving workers behind. So the ad basically talked about uh, that John Deere had five rounds of layoffs uh, between October and uh, October 2019 and uh, October 2019 and May 2020. Sorry, I think that's October 2018 and May 2019. I'll have to double check that. But uh, in that time, there's 340 worker layoffs at John Deere. Um, and some of the research I found, uh, the Center for Public Integrity uh, examines uh, SEC filings and found that uh, John Deere had generated about uh, $2 billion in U.S. income for taxes in 2018, but had to pay no taxes uh, under this new legislation. Uh, in fact, it actually was owed $268 million um, after taking into consideration deductions and credits. Um, and then, um, the, according to their annual uh, proxy statements in 2020, uh, in, uh, in the previous year, they had returned $2.2 billion to stockholders in the form of uh, dividends and uh, share repurchases or stock buybacks. So again, that, that appeared to check out as well. So that's the end of my lengthy, simple one part check. <laughs> Good job on that. I don't know how you uh, handled that so eloquently. <laughs> um, Brian, I wondered, um, going back to um that the the tax plan was supposed to bring um our national debt down but it so far hasn't 
Do you know what the numbers were like before coronavirus? Like, was it working and then everything got screwed up or was it not working at all? So I did look into that as well. Um, and it was, I mean, as of last, I think as of December, it was like, I mean, it's been growing. It was like maybe like 23 trillion. Um, let me see if I can pull that up quickly and, and find it. Um, it doesn't look like I have it real quick, but yeah, it was definitely still, um, it was still growing and it's, I mean, it's, it's grown since uh, in the past month or so it's really jumped, but it was already climbing pretty steadily before that. Okay. That was really the only thing that I thought maybe we could um, add to the check is just maybe flush out that like the, the debt was growing anyway. Um, and it's not, because of the coronavirus, it's actually can be connected back to the tax plan. Or the yeah, tax plan didn't like reverse it anyway. <laughs> yeah, good point. I can add that in. Yeah. Yeah, that was kind of my question too. Like, I mean, I think you laid out nicely sort of what the tax plan was meant to do and sort of how that could relate to the debt. Um, but I, yeah, I think that would be good maybe to kind of draw a direct line and not just in the sense of like the coronavirus too. Um, and I'm also curious about like why the US Treasury Secretary sort of the thought behind his reasoning that like the tax plan would pay for itself but would bring down the debt. Um, I guess what was the hope for those who, who passed this bill? Um, did you find any reasoning on that? I mean the idea was that it was going to stimulate the economy by there was a number of pieces so like lowering the um, lowering the corporate tax rate would give companies more money to reinvest in themselves, reinvest in their workers, grow their companies, add jobs, um, bring money that had been being kind of stored overseas, like their, their holdings, and bring them, encourage them to bring them back to the United States and like, you know, kind of have them be uh, part of the U.S. economy. And so just, I think in general, it was supposed to be a it was supposed to stimulate the economy um, and also like with the individual uh, tax breaks as well, which is kind of a whole another piece um, that I, I mean, I did a little bit of research into, but, um, but the idea was that it would generate the, grow the economy and as a result, reduce, you know, start paying down debt through a stronger economy. It's so weird to talk about like anything that we thought would happen <laughs> three or four months ago. Yeah, that is not uh, not in the cards right now. <laughs> but I mean, it, like you said, Molly. I mean, it's this was not uh, it was not having that effect even before the coronavirus, and right. you know. So, and I think one other piece that I didn't mention that kind of ties into the 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 benefits for corporations over individuals is a lot of the individual tax breaks are going to expire in 2025, but the, the corporate tax breaks continue on, so. Yeah, it'll certainly be interesting to watch to see if that, that remains the same or not in light of all this. Mm -hmm. Well, do you wanna uh, jump into yours, Michaela? Yes, I would love to. Um, so mine, um, well, I guess I'll, I'll just start off with the first one. Um, and within the ad, at one point, um, the, the ad says, Senator Ernst also voted to repeal the Affordable Care Act 
and gut protections for the 1.3 million Iowans with pre-existing conditions. Um, so I'll just start out with that one. This one was relatively um, easy to research just in the sense that we've done a lot of fact checks on uh, Ernst and her votes for the Affordable Care Act. Um, but I guess I'll provide some context in the back. So, you know, after Donald Trump's election um, and, and the um, Republicans were still in control of the House and Senate, there were a lot of efforts to repeal and replace the Affordable Care Act. Um, and so when I think the ad is saying um, that they were working to gut protections for pre-existing conditions, they're referencing the fact that um, when the Affordable Care Act was established, it really established provisions that protected individuals um, with chronic medical conditions such as um, you know, diabetes or cancer or anything that may increase their premium. So essentially, it made it illegal for these insurance companies to either increase premiums based on these conditions or to even deny coverage. Um, so usually when you, you have critics of the repeal and replace effort, they're really taking a look at that. Um, so in previous aspects, we found that Ernst did in fact vote for uh, three particular proposals that were um, pushed by the Senate to repeal and replace um, the Affordable Care Act. So it was correct in that. Um, but in particular, when we requested sourcing for um, their statements from the Iowa Democratic Party, um, they pointed specifically to a few different things. Um, and one of it is, so in one of the proposals to repeal and replace was something called the Better Care Reconciliation Act, which uh, some uh, political back in, in August 2018 and checking statements related to this, they found that coverage for people with pre-existing conditions would have been way more expensive and much less accessible um, under this particular plan if it were to go um, in effect as it was written at that point in August 2018. Um, but in addition, uh, the Democratic Party of Iowa, or the Iowa Democratic Party, excuse me, um, pointed to a specific amendment within the Better Care Reconciliation Act, excuse me, um, that was uh, proposed by U.S. Senator uh, Ted Cruz of Texas. Um, and essentially, within that provision, um, it would have uh, allowed insurance to sell policies that uh, did not follow all ACA laws. Specifically, it would allow insurers to turn down people or charge them more based on their health status. Um, so therefore, uh, people with pre-existing conditions do not have those protections that they had under the ACA. And so the, uh, they pointed to a June 2017 interview that uh, Ernst did with um, uh, Simon Conway, the uh, WHO radio host, who said that she was, quote, generally supportive of the Cruz Amendment. Um, and I did check her voting record. And in fact, she did vote in favor of that particular act, which had that um, amendment. Um, and ultimately, that, that act failed as we, as we know, and so did the other repeal and replace efforts. Um, and in addition, um, when looking at their numbers specifically for 1.3 million Iowans, so they pointed to a, um, a liberal Washington, D.C. Uh, based think tank who, who came up with that estimation that 1.3 million Iowans under the age of 65 have pre-existing conditions. So that was a lot. I'll just kind of leave it there and <laughs> have any specific um, comments or statements or anything about this. Did you end up leaving off the part about the, um, the Iowa values investigation? I will get to that next. 
but I can oh. move on to that if you. Oh, sorry. No. <laughs> I mean, I guess. Well, one one question. I mean, I think the 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 claim that you just the the one about um, the number of islands with pre-existing conditions. I mean, it seems like that's a pretty straightforward number. Um, the only question I had about the the first part about whether um, she was gutting protections for islands um, is if, so she voted to repeal Obamacare, right? But I mean, was there also, I mean, I know there was like some talk of like repeal and replace. So would the replacement plan have addressed some of the, you know, some of what was lost or do we know? Yeah. Um, so I think usually when when critics look at repeal and replace, usually what they say is that it doesn't go as far as the ACA did as far as offering these protections. And I know we've done fact checks on this before, and we and a lot of research has been done and found that, you know, generally people with these medical conditions would have to pay more and would have to, um, uh, it would be harder for them to get certain insurance policies. So. Uh, it's specifically on what these plans may have done to address the you know pre-existing condition question I'm, I'm not sure i can do some more look on it if we want um but i think generally we found in the past in our past fact checks that um it would have an impact at least on those with pre-existing conditions now i kind of see what you're saying with like getting protections phrase is a little um maybe strong i guess depending on how that is um, were addressed, but I don't know. What, what do you guys think? Does that dock a grade, or is that um, I don't know, fair to say? I think it's fair to say. Um, didn't we talk about like the semantics of gutting <laughs> last week too? Um, I think so. Yeah, yeah. the phrasing and um, <laughs> uh, so I don't. I think the way you explain it makes sense, and I think like for people who have their health insurance through those programs um, who have pre-existing conditions, it, it sounds like, um, you know, they would lose protection. And so I don't, I don't think like arguing over the wording um, really makes that big of a difference to, to those people. So I'm, I'm fine with, with the way that you've laid it out. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think, yeah, gutting is, it's just kind of a color, 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 word but um, I mean it, it seems pretty clear from the the research that you did that I mean the effect would be to make it a lot harder by the, the repeals would make it harder to um, you know for people with pre-existing conditions whether making it more expensive or just kind of hard more at risk of losing insurance so um, I mean I, I agreed with your analysis okay. Okay, cool. Um, okay, well then I will move on um, to the final check um, that Brian was so eager to hear more about. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's get to it. Let's get to yeah. it. This one will be interesting. I'm Keep kind of public. interested. Don't make people wait. Right. I'm really interested in what you guys think of this one because I'm still kind of iffy on it. Um, so finally, uh, at one point, kind of toward the end of the ad, it states, uh, quote, and I lost the quote, experts accuse her of breaking the law. So when we asked about that, they were referencing um, a December 2019 investigative report that was done by the Associated Press on a nonprofit group called Iowa Values. 
Um, and if you're newsy like us, this may sound familiar, but for those who aren't, I'll, I'll give a refresher. So essentially the report found that there was an outside political nonprofit that worked closely with Ernst um, to raise money and to campaign for her reelection. Um, and they found that it was uh, founded by, or it was co-founded by a former aide, a top fundraiser for Ernst's campaign, was also a fundraiser for this group. Um, and there are some other overlaps that, that the, um, uh, the report really gets into, um, but essentially within the report, the Associated Press quoted two sources who they identified as the experts, um, which included an attorney for a nonpartisan legal center who stated that, quote, it's clear the goal of Iowa values is to reelect Joni Ernst, which may violate its tax exempt status. So when they say when um, she's accused of breaking the law, that's what they reference. Um, so it, as a result of this report, washout groups uh, filed complaints with the Federal Election Commission, but we haven't seen the results of those uh, complaints as the Federal Election Commission hasn't been able to meet. It doesn't have its four-person status that is required to vote. I think right now it just has three. Um, in the last report I found um, the most recent nomination or discussions uh, with FEC nominations was like March 10, which as you all know, was right before um, COVID-19 really hit. So that, was we the day before, that was the day before we found out Tom Hanks had it. Oh, yeah. The last normal day. The last normal day for us. <laughs> That's when it all changed. Yeah. I love how you know that date, too. A lot of stuff happened on March 11th. Like, Did it? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, of course, blanking on it now, but Tom Hanks was one of them. I mean, one of my neighbors almost got on a cruise and then it was canceled, which I was like, why do you, do you think you were going to get on a cruise anyway? But anyway. Which was probably good anyway. Yeah, very good. <laughs> so yeah, last we heard there were some public hearings for this nominee, but then a lot happened and we haven't, you know, so there hasn't been a ruling on these complaints filed against Ernst and this, this group, Iowa Values, um, excuse me, yeah, Iowa Values. Um, but for what it's worth, I included that on its website, um, the, the, you know, the group, you know, while it is, um, while its intention is more conservative, um, it does describe itself as nonprofit um, that is not authorized by any candidate or committee. So, um, so I don't know. I, I mean, yeah, the, the ad is correct in claiming that there are experts who accuse her of breaking the law, but I was if he, I mean, it's just alleged at this point, right? So how much, how much do we want to give to this? And um, I'm, I'm curious what your guys' thoughts are. Yeah, I've, I've kind of kind of sort of batted this around in my mind a little bit um, because like, I think, you know, yes, she's, or the ad is correct in saying, you know, apparent, you know, these, these experts are accusing her of wrongdoing, right? I mean, I think that's accurate, but we don't know if the experts are correct. I mean, they, they could not be correct. And, um, you know, but the fact that, on the other hand, there is an investigation ongoing. This is an open matter. It's not like they've said, you know, they made this accusation and then, you know, it's, it was like rejected. I mean, it's still, it's still, you know, kind of pending. So I don't know. I, I'm a little, I could, I could, um, I don't know. I could go in different directions on this one. Yeah, I mean, I think they worded it the way they did for a reason, right? Like they're just saying experts accuse her of wrongdoing and um, they did. 
um, <laughs> which are more than one expert, according to this association, uh, Associated Press report, who, who do say she may have violated the law. Yeah, and I mean, I think, you know, you can get expert, experts, you know, say things all the time, and, um, you know, it, it might end up being sort of a flimsy accusation, but I think from your research, it, it seems um, pretty backed up and almost um, kind of like a, a soft way to say it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you could say there's an ongoing investigation into that um, and that would still be true. And I think that's almost a stronger um, statement mm. than just experts accuse, you know? So I would be okay um, with even an A on that. It seems to check out to me. Okay. Yeah, I was thinking I would be okay with an A or um, if we decided we wanted to leave that part out just because it is kind of hanging out there. Like there's not, you know, we don't have an answer to whether or not she did violate, you know, it was a violation or not. Yeah, and I sort of included that caveat um, on purpose in this fact checker, just, you know, to let people kind of make that decision on their own. Um, I had ultimately landed on a B for that particular statement, but I, if you guys feel strongly about an A, I could certainly be talked up to that and could bump that up. Because, yeah, I, at the end of the day, I mean, they sort of worded it that way on purpose, and it is factually true. Um, there, mm -hmm. are, there are people who say that. I had the... I had scored all of mine A's, and I think you had scored all of yours A's, Michaela, except for this last piece, which you had as a B. Yeah, which I which I will now bump up to an A. But yeah, I think in the conclusion, I just sort of summarize like, yep, these are all accurate, except for this one, which is a B. But I'll change that in the story so it reflects that all of these are A's. Um, so overall, um, I, I wrote in the conclusion that we would give these things an A, give the ad an A. Um, it sounds like we're in agreement there. I think overall the A is right. Um, the more that I think about it, I wonder if the Iowa values thing, because our criteria for a B is that it leaves out, that it's true, but it leaves out context, right? Mm -hmm. Which I guess it does. Um, but in this case, I feel like the, the additional context is almost just more damning. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I think that's where I'm kind of, still okay with an A? Well, and, and the fact is, like, so, yeah, it says accused, and we just don't know, right, because there hasn't been a ruling yet, so. Right. But I feel like they you know, make that clear in the statement. It's not like they're saying she did wrongdoing. They're just saying she was accused of it, and she is yeah. still accused of it, and it's ongoing. Right, there hasn't been a ruling or a decision made by the agency tasked with making this decision. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So I, I kind of wonder, like, how would they have said that differently, you know, or, or, you know, should they have left that out? I don't, I mean, it was a pretty important story when it came out. I, I, I remember correctly. Yeah. yeah. And I guess I just wonder, like, if there had been a decision, would this still have been included in the ad? I try to think about that too. Or if this is um, just even the fact that she was accused once is damning enough for long term. Mm -hmm. um, so I try Can to think about that. Do we know, um, uh, is Senator Ernst personally accused of breaking the law, or is this group that supports her accused of breaking the law? Um, from what I read from the watchdog groups, they, they are personally accusing her. Um, okay, like they think she like, had knowledge of this group and, and what they were doing. 
Right, or she even, like, I think one of the complaints went as far to say that she had tasked her aides to, to oh, perhaps wow. do this. Um, okay. So, but I mean, obviously that has never really been addressed. Um, the report doesn't say anything about that. It just says that, you know, these top aides to Senator Ernst um, were involved with this group, which in turn violates um, their tax exempt status. Okay. Well, and I think also, I mean, I know you had some additional information about uh, that, that someone had resigned and like there, there was something, uh, I forget what the other detail you had about kind of why that's stretched on, but there, it sort of stretched on. But I would think like if there was nothing there and not, not to say that it will be kind of proven true or not true, but I mean, I would think if this was just a total kind of baseless charge, it could have been a, um, dismissed by now, right? I mean, well, that's well, the problem. The FEC, um, you know, they, uh, according, um, you know, just based on the research I've been able to do with this, in order to like meet as a, a as a commission, they need four commissioners, um, and right now they only have three. So my understanding is they haven't even been able to, you know, their staff is still working, but they haven't even been able to like meet to dismiss claims or to even discuss okay. them. So that's kind of part of the issue is my understanding. So we don't know. So I don't know, it, it sounds like we were on an A. Um, yeah, I think I'm good. I'm, I'm comfortable with an A. Okay. And then yeah, that would I, give the whole ad an A, right? Sorry? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm comfortable with an A as well. Okay. And yeah, I guess like if you kind of take a look at this in four parts, we have an overall A for this um, this fact checker. Then it sounds like, yeah, great. Okay, you guys did um, a really good job of like breaking that all down because it was very complicated. And I was like, oh yeah, no problem. And I was like, oh my god, this is a lot of work. <laughs> There's a lot of pieces, a <laughs> lot to it. Yeah, There's a lot to but, it. Yeah, I'm sorry. I sort of was just like, hey Brian, do the hardest part of this fact check, please. <laughs> So it, was, it was good. It was really interesting, actually. I, I mean, I, I learned a lot more, a lot about it. So yeah, yeah. And what was interesting, I think, about this one, um, you know, when we requested sourcing um, from the Iowa Democratic Party, they, they, uh, they fulfilled. Um, we got like three documents, each like five or six pages long of sourcing. So we had a lot to go on, which was, um, which was nice. At least we knew a lot of the reasoning behind it. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I don't know. We haven't had a chance to talk about maybe next week, um, but I don't know if you guys have found any fact checks that would be good to take a look at or anything else. I know we're all kind of in the midst of um, coronavirus coverage, but anything pop up? I do not. Have, I did not see anything. <laughs> um, well, and, and especially with all the coronavirus, it's like what's true today might be not true tomorrow or vice versa. So, right. Um, <laughs> right. So yeah, maybe, I, maybe if anyone has anything for us to check, they should send it our way. Yes, please. Yes, please. I'll <laughs> keep an eye out. I feel like um, I'm probably up to bat um, for next week, but uh, as of right now, I do not have a plan. <laughs> See, I've been kind of like looking at, I, but I think you kind of touched on this, Brian. I've been curious if like 
something coronavirus related is fact checkable or what but kind of like you said like we still know so little about this virus and what it does um that i don't know if we could like safely fact check a claim and run it and have it still be true by the next week i don't know so i've been i've been trying to look at that but that's been um I, that's been difficult so i'll i'll keep an eye out too and see if i can see find anything that's maybe not necessarily COVID related. Well, if anyone uh, is listening and you have anything to submit, the email, you can just email it into us at factchecker at thegazette.com. That's our email address. Exactly. And we appreciate you guys uh, tuning in to listen. Our podcast today was produced by Stephen Schmidt. Our music is Lobby Time by Kevin McLeod. And I am Michaela Ram. I am the host today and the healthcare reporter for the Gazette. I'm Brian. I cover City Hall in Cedar Rapids. And I'm Molly Duffy. I cover education. And we will fact check you later. Get a daily update from the Gazette with our daily news podcast. Add it to your podcast player or your Alexa-friendly device to get a bite-sized local news update each day. Check it out at thegazette.com slash podcasts.